0: All Souls Witchy Women podcast episode 13, A Discovery of Witches season 2, themes we can't wait to see. Welcome to All Souls Witchy Women, a fan and definitely non-official podcast where we talk all things, all souls. We're three women who met over Outlander and then jumped into the All Souls world like the time-traveling witches we wish we were. This is a very special episode for us because we're not just talking about the second season of A Discovery of Witches. We're doing it in the same room, Ashley and Janet and me, but if that's not enough, our friend Denise is also with us, and somehow we uh, roped her into sitting in front of a microphone (laughs) and playing along with this podcast game. So, um, to recap, we've got four witchy women. Who met
1: over Outlander.
0: Who met over Outlander. A bottle of, well, we don't have, okay, in full disclosure, we don't have a bottle of wine, but we do have... Uh, lubricating beverages libations yes libations and we've got a lot of thoughts and feelings about season two um so we just completed a reread of shadow of night and the all souls discussion group is currently doing a real-time discussion of the book and we're just we're waiting impatiently for season two so we asked ourselves what better time to think about the scenes that we're most looking forward to in season two so here we are uh, speaking of the All Discussion Group, we're partnering with them for the duration of the real-time discussion of Shadow of Night, and um, if you've read Shadow of Night, you know that that real-time discussion is going to go on and on In and Little on. Until July. Yeah. So if you, if you promise to stay with us through the entire podcast episode, we promise to share with you uh, the details on how you can win some really cool witchy stuff at the end. So... <laughs> I kept it in so long I was like, is she going stop? I just want to squeal Because we can still in the same room So, I'm going to do my Beyonce intro now right. Ashley, can you handle this? I don't think you're ready <laughs> Denise, can you handle this? I don't think you're
2: ready
0: <laughs> Janet, can you handle this? I don't think you're ready Well, ain't nobody ready for the jelly But we're going to keep... We're just gonna do this. We're gonna do it. So here we go. We don't have much of a roadmap this time because we are just gonna gush about all the scenes and just general things that we want to see in season two of D- a
1: Discovery of Witches. So I think that's okay. fair. I feel like there's people that have said, "Oh, it feels like when we're listening to your podcast that it's like hanging out with a group of friends in a room talking about something you love." So that's the roadmap. Here we are. We're doing it so, that's live right now. Right. We're doing, well, not live, but... We're alive. Well, we're alive. alive. Yes. I right. yeah. just mean... And that's something. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Okay.
0: Just because I've been talking, I'm going to say this, this one thing, that Galloglass. that's what I'm looking forward to. Seeing Galloglass march into the door at, where are they when he comes in? Oxford? Yes. I am I'm just looking forward to him coming in out of a storm. And looking menacing, also hot and um, beastly.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> all, all the Gallo Glass things. I also think that I've noticed in this reread um, because, you know, I, I've read the whole series. Um, I'm paying more attention to the nuances around him, sort of, and the little hints we get of what his real feelings are. Yes. Which, you know, leads to a fabulous scene right in the last book but there are definitely hints here you know Matthew even says at one point you know he's as protective of you as I am yes which you know is no small
0: right and the first time I read it I was like oh that's so sweet and then you read the third book and you're like oh oh."
3: (laughs) yeah so there are a lot of little moments like that um and you know, when he puts the shawl on her, we were talking about mm-hmm. that earlier, like she, he's just pays attention to Diana's uh, needs in that vampire way. Um Yeah, just the way he calls her auntie.
1: Yes. You know. So, your excitement, what's it doing for you now that you know it's Stephen Cree? No! And now you have a picture. I mean, you always probably had your own picture in mean, your head. Well... It's, it's been... I, so what I love about it,
0: I, I, there's so many things I love about it being Stephen Cree, because I originally thought it was, in my mind, it's always been Grant Overwork who plays yeah. Angus.
1: No, Rupert. I know, I mix it up every I time. I
0: know! But it's Rupert. Rupert on Outlander. He was always the one in my head, because he's really big and broad-shouldered and just ginormous. Um, but when Stephen Cree was cast... He, he's not who I think of. His his physique is not who I think of, but the fact that it's an outlander actor, and, I mean, we've seen pictures of Stephen Cree, okay, from the waist up, because there's a big joke on social media right yeah. now. You know, there, there are no pictures of him from filming with legs. They've all been from the waist up, but you start to get a feel for what he could look like, and I think I will be quite happy with that.
2: Yeah, go on. You could see the Norse... Like with him, as soon as they said, you know, they talk yeah. about Galaglass having like that Norse look. Yes, and with Stephen Cree, I think. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, like the they big let him, beard. Like are they gonna let
3: him? I don't know. With his hair? Well, he was definitely he was definitely growing his hair. Um, so, because
1: uh, he made reference to references to that on social media, so uh, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it too. I'm very excited to see it. Um, I'm curious how someone who isn't a book reader do we, i'm sorry do those people exist no i'm kidding <laughs> people that find the show and just the show that don't know the character right. from the book if that i'm just curious how much of that now we know sort of what happens in the third book that makes you look back like you've been watching a thriller in reverse and going like all oh, the steps this is mm-hmm. the, the signs were there all along if that creates uh Conflict in someone's head about like wait I'm all in on Matthew but like here's this other one that's just come in Mm -hmm. that's equally dreamy and you know is is doing this kind of brawny um, keeper of Diana move like he does we all know the difference I'm just curious if you're a show watcher only if it prevent presents some sort of confusion or conflict Mm -hmm. which makes me
0: realize that I haven't really imagined Matthew and Gallaglass together in the show. Matthew Good and, yeah. and Ian. Mm-hmm. Not Stephen Ian, Cree. Stephen, Cree. Yeah, <laughs> He's Stephen McCree. together, but that could be nice. Both <laughs> yeah. in their Elizabethan garb and
1: beards and. Screen implodes. Right. Right. I Screen mean, implodes. Right. Mickey
0: implodes. Mm-hmm. Tiny yeah,
1: unicorns yeah. come out. Maybe. 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 Can say. Right. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Enough gala glass.
2: Is there ever? Oh, well, no, but I wonder how much sideways glance. Like, are they going to have him doing like sideways glances at Diana, so that you kind of get the impression that, right? You know, he he. Yes. Like, you know, you just Gazes wonder if, linger a little. Yeah, too long. yeah. If they're going to kind of put that in there to begin with, or right. if they're going to drop it and make it a drop bomb drop in uh, season three. I think they're going to do hints. Yeah.
3: I think for TV, you probably have to start to build some sort of, you know, suggestions. Yeah. So that when it happens in season three, it doesn't come like 900, you know, totally out of left field. Right. Um, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Let's move on off a of gala glass, even though I don't want
1: to. We will. I don't think you, oh, you don't want your mind.
0: Yeah. I know. I know.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, <we're, laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, we do have an E rating for something. Okay, continue. You said you wanted no, to walk no, gallong glass and I just don't picture that you would watch me walk glass. I
0: would not. I would not. And we remember we have to earn
1: our E rating. So, it is. Right. so it we just really is. play for it. Right.
0: <laughs> so <clears throat> Philip and Matthew reuniting. this one. It gets me. It gets me. There's there's this whole season in like the what, the second third of the book where they go back to Septuars mm-hmm. and and Matthew basically gets to recon, not reconcile with his father, but rehash a lot of mm-hmm. moments and it's it's kind of a beautiful thing. Well, yeah, I mean, because he's, a, you know, we're always sort of
3: trying to be mindful and in the present and sort of thinking, oh, you know, you never guaranteed a day and all of that stuff, but you don't actually intellectually do it or you rarely do it, right? And, here he is, he's there and he's aware of it the entire time. And it's also interesting to watch Philippe kind of set things up for the future, which happens, which we're sort of privy to we, because we know a little bit about where things are going, but you get a better feel for that. And uh, and that whole sort of doing a, having a do-over thing, I just, I love that as a theme and we get it later when her dad comes right? Yeah. Because she gets to have an experience with her father that she never had, and she's just aware of that.
0: You know, I was thinking earlier today, I I wished, so I read Shadow of Night for the second time just, just a few weeks ago, and I really fell in love with it in a way that I didn't the first time around, just because I wanted to know how the story ended, and I kind of skimmed through it, and there were so many nuances that I missed along the way. And you know, we did about a year ago. We did a father's episode, and I wish that we could actually go back and do another one now.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. After having, yeah. because I got so much more out of those two relationships, both with Stephen and Diana and Matthew and Philippe this time around. Just so many things that just made me. I just like had to put the book down and have a few tears and then move on with my day. Right. Yeah, and it's just it's
3: I, I, it's one of the reasons why I love her. Deb's books so much is because they're they're so nuanced and have such depth and have such messaging that's important for us all to sort of step back and take take a part exactly. of and uh, you know take be, become aware of it. I guess is how you'd say it in English, which clearly I'm not speaking. But anyway,
0: maybe <laughs> some
2: Jameson's. I really know. exactly. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm curious to, and I'd like to see Philip with Diana too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. Yeah. He was the one, more than anyone, who has actually been accepting of her. Yeah. Even though initially he was skeptical, he turned around and he was the one that made her his daughter. Right. And accepted her wholeheartedly, more so than Isabel. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. Isabel's kind of like, okay. And I think she kind of does it. How much did Philippe tell Isabel? Because he, encan- right, he encountered. He sends her a note that, yeah. she, that she finds in the library, which we don't know the
3: details of what it says yeah Um, so how much does she know when diana shows up or when does she find she finds that note now while they're in uh, Mm -hmm. elizabethan england so so because she has that moment with sarah where she says oh you know after she's ripping apart the library looking for these little notes and she finds it and says you know oh he he, they found them and she's he makes reference to a child which you know they're not aware of but he knew about the pregnancy
1: yeah, I'm also looking forward to the Philippe and Diana scenes for everything that you just said, Denise. And also just because as someone who lost a father so early on and has been raised by strong females to see her sort of interact with this mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. dominant man and just um, the way she holds her own, but also like is still showing a lot of compassion and tiptoeing and a bit, trying to find her footing with him. And then when they finally like strike up this relationship, it's like now she has a father that she hasn't had the benefit of in eighteen plus years or however long it had been, and um, that warmed my heart a lot to read those passages as she's like fighting for his acceptance or just like standing her own, not cowering down. But then when they finally have this warmth between them, and you think, Mm -hmm. oh, you kind of forget how much someone needs a father's love too. Right. Mm -hmm. So the hay barn scene is Mm -hmm. critical
3: towards that, and I'm sure they're doing that. Obviously, the wedding. And when he takes her out into the woods beforehand with, you know, the stag and sort of the whole pagan part of the ritual, too, which I, I'm hoping they do something with that. But yeah, he catches on pretty quickly that, you know, because Matthew comes back and he senses, right, he senses pretty quickly that this is a different Matthew than prior Matthew. He jumps in on that sort of prep for them pretty quickly. Although he does test Diana, right, you know, the, that other witch that guy comes, tries to read her mind, and, and, she, and she kills him, <laughs> and, she, and she's sort of like, so when were you going to step in, <laughs> like, hello, <laughs> you know, or Matthew might have said that, so he does, you know, but he, but, you know, so he tests her, just like Isabel does, I mean, we all get tested, right, You meet, you meet the future in-laws, they're all kind of like, you know, checking you out,
2: mm-hmm. right.
1: Yeah, I mean, my mother-in-law did it by, like, silently shaming not so silently judging how I organized our spice drawer. <laughs> so this feels like a tad heavier. <laughs> but,
3: well the spice drawers, you know, I mean there is only one way. Which is uh, I
1: don't know. So Alphabetical You couldn't go live with her then. I was
2: going you for have like spices. No, places. No,
1: I was for sure going like uh, no, I'm sorry. That's the way we do it. And she moved them around so that, like, these in the front are ones you use for cooking. And she's in the really front back. and back. No, she moved them. Oh. And the ones in the back are for baking. And I'm like, but that's not how my brain oh. goes alphabetical. Oh. She was like, this will be easier for me. I'm like, but you don't live here. here oh, no, so how
0: nice that my spice cabinet <laughs> is yeah. easy for you.
1: So when yeah. Diana was forced to kill a witch, I felt I was there. <laughs> just like the spice cabinet. <laughs>
3: Yeah. It's all a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so do we want to do anything more with talking about the meeting with Stephen while we're talking about these duovers or
0: do not? Yeah, I mean, I love it so much because as the mother of a teenager who sometimes, no, quite often gives me blank stares when I <laughs> tell her things. And maybe she blinks to let me know that she heard me, but did she really hear me? And the idea of being able to have a do-over, to be able to take this knowledge with me into the future, and then at some point, <laughs> when she's ready to hear these things, to be able to... And knowing that she would listen, I just think that's so beautiful. Because I think at that point, you know, they they've been robbed of those moments when Diana was younger. And at this point, she's discovering herself, and she's discovering Matthew, and she's discovering magic. And then she meets her father and she's so willing at that point to hear whatever he has to say. And she doesn't always agree with it. And, you know, he's trying, he's trying to teach her how to (laughs) also another thing I identify with, but teach her how to not get so wrapped up into things to be more free about life and, and more carefree. And, you know, I think that was, that was a really important and timely lesson for her. And I think the fact that he delivered it Maybe drove it home in a way that it wouldn't have if anybody else... Like like if Sarah had told her, you know, you need to loosen up. Now, Sarah was always the one going, no, you need to you need to learn your magic. You need to learn your spells. And he's like, no, no, no. Just enjoy this. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. Well, because
3: she was so excited to actually have these moments with him, she was much more open to, like, tell me everything. Yes. You know, because that's your, like... Your last chance to talk to somebody and yes. tell me everything you know and while that's not what his intent was he he understood that you know as parents do
0: mm-hmm.
3: i'm really excited about that that whole section all right are we moving to sex you
0: know what i'm excited about uh, what <laughs> <laughs> so much sex
3: okay i have fairly strong feelings about this so um, tell us
0: about them <laughs> well
3: just because, you know, we've had the slow burn, right? We've had the bundling. It Enough awesome. with that. Right, exactly. It's time It's time for some real life.
0: Penetration. <laughs> 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 I was going to say interaction. Oh. What? Well, that's another way of saying it. it
3: I thought so. But um, anyhow, I have two passages in particular that I'm hoping we see in some variations. So everybody pay attention. <laughs>
1: This is the part ben. where you're gonna use your Kathleen Turner voice to read. Yeah, right, right. I know.
3: I'm gonna try I need to find it where let me see here. All right. Well the first one is when they're going back and forth, which I also just think is funny, when they're going back and forth about sort of vampire what people in the you know, the 20th, 21st century thought of vampires and those whole bodice ripping kind of stories and sort of the stereotypes of stuff stuff, which I thought was like a a cute wink by Deb onto sort of that genre. Um and so, you know, Diana is describing the various things that humans think of vampires and witches, but how secretly hot people think that stuff is, too. I mean, I
0: guess some people do, whatever.
3: Um, yes. They go back and forth with this really great dialogue that I hope they just sort of lift from the page and put on, you know, the script and then and then act out. And Diana's talking about dinner and a date, and then... Um, Yes, you should see what Sarah's friends in the Madison Coven read. Vampire meets girl. Vampire bites girl. Girl is shocked to find out there really are vampires. The sex, blood, and overprotective behavior all come quickly thereafter. Some of it is pretty explicit. I paused. There's no time for bungling, that's for sure. I don't remember much poetry or dancing either, Matthew swore. No wonder your aunt wanted to know if I was hungry. Then they kind of go on there, and, and they have a whole sort of backlash, which, you know... It ends with them having sex. Yay! Yes. If I were a human woman and not a witch, that growly sound you just made would, would make me swoon. I also want to hear the growly sound. Mm. Just practice it, Matthew. Practice it. <laughs> um, I'd be all yours and you could have your way with me. I giggled. You're already all mine, Matthew reminded me, depositing me on the bed. I'm changing this ridiculous plot, by the way, in the interest of originality, not to mention verisimilitude. We're skipping dinner and moving right on to the date. Readers would love a vampire who said that, She said, I said. Matthew seemed not to care about my editorial contributions. He was too busy lifting my skirts. We were going to make love fully clothed. How deliciously Elizabethan.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Wait a minute. At least let me uh, take off my bum roll.
4: Uh, <laughs> Annie had informed
3: me that this was the proper name for the dough- donut-shaped thing that kept my skirts respectably full and flouncy. But Matthew was not inclined to wait. To hell with the bum roll. He loosened the front ties on his breeches, grabbed my hands, and pinned them over my head. With one thrust, he was inside me. I had no idea that talking about popular fiction would have this effect on you, I said breathlessly as he started to move. Remind me to discuss it with you more often. Come on. Great scene. Just do it. Well. (laughs) Uh, Yes.
0: Too much talking. (laughs) <laughs> so much talk well, just they shut had, up already well they had verbal foreplay that's kind of sexy and
1: hot plus it was just funny referring to <laughs> I was just making sure you were talking about the characters and not telling her to shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I was oh. like oh. <laughs> sorry oh, no 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 <laughs> I realized I was like oh no no, she no, no. Um, I'm with you though I can't imagine why they would feel the need to reinvent the wheel and write new dialogue here Uh just lift it right out of there and drop it down onto the page just memorize that rinse and repeat yeah obviously book one with the bundling was enough to prep you and have you ready for this moment but the woman can write yeah (laughs) i think that's Uh you know i think there is an art to writing intimacy scenes and sex scenes and she's she is a gifted woman at this
0: i mean one of one of the things that i like about these is um I, I'm not opposed to graphic sex scenes. I just want to be clear with that. I'm not opposed. But she does a very cool thing in that you can imagine the graphic nature of it, but she doesn't actually use the words to describe it graphically. Yeah, right. And I really love that because she sort of she sort of sets the table for you, and then she just right. lets your mind do right. the rest. And I think that is a
1: gift, yeah, as you said. Agreeing. Less is more,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but not so little that, you, you know. She gets you going, and then you're like, "Yeah,
0: okay, I'm there. I can, I can keep, I can keep playing this out in my head."
1: Oh yeah, and it's all good. Mm-hmm.
0: I it's helped me through many lonely nights.
1: But also, <clears throat> Teresa Palmer and Matthew Good are not going to be terrible to watch on screen for all this. No, I'm just that's true. Too. <laughs> that's gonna be great. I well. wa- I I want the back against the wall.
0: <laughs>
3: Absolutely. I, I, yes. Yeah. And then my Diana like flicks him across the room. That's cool, also,
0: right? Just you know. And that's what I love so much about these scenes is that it's about the sex, definitely, but it's also about the power and them sort of coming to terms with their own power. They're coming to terms with each with their own power. They're coming to terms with the other's power and how do they live in a house? How do they have a relationship with each holding those powers and how does that work into their sex life? And just you know, they're going to the grocery store life and. They're trying to figure all this out, and I love those scenes because it's just, you know, neither one of them are holding back anymore. It's like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this all the way, and we're going to do this with my magic and your vampire-y things, and let's figure it out. And well, they did. They figured it out. Yeah. Quite nicely.
3: Which leads to the heart vein. Yes. Which we also really want to see. And this time around reading that part, I was really struck by what a wonderful conceit or metaphor it is for letting go and accepting and understanding and sort of that sort of ultimate love, you know, mm-hmm. relationship, which, you know, frankly, we can all have good relationships. But we, it's, I think it's rare when you have sort of the kind of open honesty that she's talking about here, because on the one hand, you know, he takes the blood from her heart vein <coughs> and sees everything. Like, she can't control it, right? Just like she opens her third, her witch's eye, her third eye, and she can see it, and he can't control it. And, you know, what do we do when we're trying to be honest with our, you know, partners or significant others, right? You know, it's it's entirely up to us to sort of intellectually allow ourselves to let go, mm-hmm. which, you know, maybe we don't always do. I'll speak for myself. I don't always do it, you know, mm-hmm. um, because we're fearful or we're afraid or whatever, and the thing I love about this heart vein which completely changed their relationship is it gives you this idea of but if you do allow yourself to take the leap to be in this place of complete total openness here's the possibility of what that might bring you in terms of your relationship so while you know we don't do the heart vein and we don't do the third eye thing there are other ways to take the message from this to say yes but if I let go of my like bullshit and just Stop being so fearful. I can actually make something better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I love those scenes because we do this. The man who happens to be downstairs at this moment. I I have this thing. I I've never felt like this with anybody else. But sometimes I will just say to him, "There's a disturbance in the force. There's something that I feel that's off." And. Sometimes it's because we're both holding back things. Sometimes maybe he's just stressed at work and I feel like it's something else. And I just did it this week. I'm like, I feel like there's a disturbance in the force, and he was gone, and we weren't talking on the phone and we weren't communicating like we regularly do. And he's like, no, there's I, no, I'm just fine. And you know, sometimes the disturbance is on my end. Sometimes it's on his end. Sometimes, no, we really do need to talk and communicate. And I love this because it was like, up until this point, there had been a disturbance in the force in their relationship, and they had this moment, and you know, they had their reckoning with it. And then they were able to finally, after this, act as a team. Right, right. You know, they were they were playing singles matches before this. They were together, but he was doing his thing, and she was doing his uh, she was doing her thing. And after this, they were like, okay, right. we're, we're going to combine our forces. I know you don't have any secrets. You know I don't have any secrets. Let's try to tag team this world thing and see what we can do and it, it works better for them. So I love that they reached that intimate level in their relationship through this act, sex. Yes, but it was also a very intimate act and Well, and in the and they
3: she talked about like we don't even necessarily always have sex now with right. the heart being an, which is I thing. Sometimes we just do that. Mm-hmm. You know, as a way of reconnecting at the end of a day or whatever. And it, to me, the lesson is, and it's one that I, you know, have repeatedly needed to learn just based on my past and my personality, but it's that idea of if you let go of your fear, you actually have more opportunities.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: and I, you know, often, I, you know, I mean, I've been married to Peter for 37 years, and I think it was like t- year 25 when I said to him, oh, I really, yeah, I actually finally believe you won't leave me. Now, there was nothing he had ever done to suggest he anything other than he was in this 110%, but that was Mm -hmm. all me. And just my general sort of sense of, you know, things from the past, blah, 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 right? But this is sort of what they've done with this heart vein thing. It's a similar kind of, you know, message. If you let yourselves go in there, Mm -hmm. you will get, the rewards will be far greater than just the relationship itself kind of thing. Anyway. I'm jealous of these people. I think that would be a lot easier. It would be, Because yeah, right? it's a so physical much. thing, right? Yeah. You just like you can't do it, right? There's nothing about like you. He put he puts his mouth to your, you know, yeah, boob area. Okay. Anyway, anyway, and then the the stuff just comes to him, right? See, and yeah, you I, don't have to I, worry yeah. about like trying to couch it in some. Plus, he sees it like clearly, like what it is, right? As opposed to. I'm trying to describe it in a way that I
1: think will be okay for you to hear or right? I mean, it's completely basically. that, and also sometimes I'm just like, I don't even know what the words are to get out what's in there. Right. And I'm right. the more wordsmithy one of the two of us, right? And right. he's at a complete disadvantage because he's like, I'm never going to be able to properly communicate because I don't put words together like you do. I think both of it. It's not like I'm scared to share so much as I'm not even sure how to get it up in the jaw and out of the mouth to right. voice it. It would be so much easier because I'm it's not like, opposed to you seeing it or hearing it or understanding it. I just don't even know how to get you in there right. to do it. This would be much easier. Yeah. Right.
0: Also, you could maybe take a nap while
1: <laughs> he's doing that's it. That's what
0: i playing, mean, too. It's right? You funny. could just have a nice rest and yeah, he could... I, he could Get the goings on. Your I don't have day to do any, any of it. Right.
1: Right. I right. just.
0: Yeah, yes, you can make a to do list.
1: Right. But he's done oh. with it. He comes out, and he feels good. <laughs> Boom. Problem solved. Way back and think of the king of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, perfect. God, that would be so much easier. It would be oh, easier. Yeah. No co pays. No? Just the whole bit would be easier. Third eye, heart vein, whatever it takes. Yep. I'm in. All right. Should we have a wine note? We should have a wine. <clears throat> you guys, go with me on this one, okay? Sure. All right. Who loved? It's a witch in a box. <laughs> oh, I, I, loved, I loved me some witch in a box. I <sighs> love
0: that you sing it
1: every time. We every drink. time so that really you makes the awesome. drinking game right. exactly. So. Here we are together for a girls' night. I'm gonna just go ahead and spoil it for the rest of you. We just ate uh, our combined weight in cheese <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you do when you get together with your friends. You make copious amounts of cheese plates and dips that are all based in sour cream or mayonnaise, mm-hmm. and then you swipe a carrot through there on occasion and you just enjoy life. And what pairs with that better on a on a real bad girls' night? This mm. one's I mean, so bad it's good. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I do. So bad. It's good. You know where I'm headed? Uh Uh-huh. No. It's another pop culture (laughs) reference. It's wine in a box. (laughs) You people, I'm serious. Byron is going to teach us about wine in a box. That's apparently something we can learn about.
4: Boom. that's right. Byron made me an honest woman. Hey there guys, it's Bayard. This time we are going to be talking about boxed wine. Yes, that's right, boxed wine. I never thought I would be talking about that on this podcast, but we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of boxed wine and whether or not it's good. So Franzia started this years ago, but since then you've had a lot of entrants into boxed wine, like Boda Box and Black Box, that are quite good. For some reason, people equate boxed wine with low-quality wine, but that's not always the case. Boxed wine can be just as good as wine that comes out of a bottle, and... There are many factors to consider before determining a wine's worth based on appearances. Both boxed wine and bottle wine have the potential to be of poor quality and of great quality. Another factor in determining the quality of the wine is you, the taster. You may have a different idea of what a good wine tastes like than your neighbor. Therefore, if you both buy the same bottle or box of wine, you may both have different ideas of its quality. You might think that a dry white wine is of low quality, whereas your neighbor might love it. You might think that a dry red is horrible, but your neighbor neighbor might love it. Keep that in mind as you're determining a wine's worth. That being said, I think you ought to just grab a couple of boxed wines and try them out right next to bottles and see which one is best. But here we get into the pros and cons. So some pros of bottled wine is that it can age. If you like to cellar it, if you like to collect, you can age bottled wine. You can't really do that with boxed wine. Secondly, you get a lot of choices with bottled wine because it's been the standard for so long. So there are so many options. There are vast majority of wineries that only produce bottled wine and not boxed. So the options are endless. The last one that I'll touch on is that once you open a bottle of wine, the clock is ticking. You have a short amount of time to finish that wine. That means you either have to drink more than you wanted, which, (laughs) let's call it what it is, is not necessarily a bad thing, not open the bottle at all, or toss some of the wine out. The flip side is boxed wine can last from four to six weeks. So that means that you have a long time to finish the wine. This also means you don't have to drink more wine than you want to. I'll close out with one more thing. Store boxed wine just as you would bottled wine. If it's white, keep it in the refrigerator. If it's red, keep it in a place that is not near anything that emits heat or direct sunlight.
0: Thank you, birds,
1: for our, we think, (laughs) wine in a box. Oh. Okay. Every time, please never let that die. Please yeah. never make me kill that. Please. No,
0: no. Maybe she. I was no. going to say maybe she'll come back, but no, she she died a fiery death.
3: No, but we'll resurrect her in yeah. references, and then when we do, after we can sing.
0: That's right. <laughs> so, upset. and only then. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So next, we've got Jack and Annie, in I call them Matthew and Diana starter kids.
1: Um, just brilliant. Just FYI. <laughs>
0: it's just
3: one of the
1: reasons uh-huh. I love you. Uh huh. A second would be that she has NPR socks. I just looked down to find those. Those are awesome, too. Right. Right. If you give them money, they'll send you
0: socks. It's amazing. Wow. Perfect. Yeah. So, yes, they're their starter kids. And I... There's no particular scene that I think that I want to see. I just want to see the interactions and we've seen little Jack. Yes. I don't know if we've seen I don't know if I remember seeing pictures of Annie, but I know that we're gonna have Jack and he is just a sweet faced little child and I just I love those interactions because it gives us a glimpse into Matthew that we don't see anywhere else because he's very tender with Jack and you can tell he's gonna be a good father. Because yeah, he has patience for Jack in a way that he doesn't with anybody else. And, you know, when Jack has nightmares or when Jack has been naughty, because Jack's always naughty, you know, he's never, you know, he never erupts at him. He's always very kind and loving. And he tries to make lessons out of these things. And, um, you know, we didn't get to see Matthew with Lucas. We get to hear about their relationship. But it, it kind of gives you an idea of what they he would have been like with Lucas. And I just... I love those because they make my heart happy.
1: I agree. Do you think that uh, you gain more patience for small children's antics the longer you stay on Earth? Like he's fifteen hundred years old, so it's just oh. like don't get rolled up. It's oh, fine. it's like he's
3: a grandfather.
1: Yeah, like so he's oh. and you know, as a grandmother. I mean, oh. you do.
3: You're just kind of like, oh, stop. You like, you know, Denise you. is like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You say to your, you know, your kids who are the adults, like,
0: yeah, don't worry about. That.
1: Right. Yeah, but I when like I was their the age
3: doing it, I was totally worrying about that. Or yeah. being or being maybe a little harder on it bad than I needed to be or whatever.
1: That's a really good point. So, he's so got yes. some years in him and on him and yeah. has seen some things to be like, this doesn't even register. It's going to be fine.
3: Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's a good point.
1: But I also like, I, I love the notion of their starter kids. Like, this is a hell of a first year of marriage they're having. God, not, really? Really? It's all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a year. Yeah, right. It's, it's like, like right, two months. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, yeah. We're like months. <laughs> right. Right.
1: right. We met. We got married. Yes. We
0: had a miscarriage. We picked up two
1: we went back. We went back in time. Oh, yeah. We, we went back in time. in time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. We've had to kill a few people. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah she killed her first person. Yeah, right. Benjamin shows up. Yeah. And then
1: they just so picked like, up
0: two kids along the way. Yeah, kids.
1: The newlywed game. Right. On crack. True. <laughs> right. Oh, it's like life, the board game. The life, the board game. They are yeah. either excelling all the way to the end or c- continually going backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I love the idea of the starter kids being thrust into here because they're already having a heck of a year, a heck of a two months, as it were. But like that you would get to see them have these moments with these kids to see what they'll be like when they do have their own kids, like so close to when they just met. And, you know, I don't know. I just um, it's enough to watch them build their own relationship and her meeting the in-laws and whatever. And then it's just like, boom, insta family. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It also adds to the poignance of their having lost a child
1: mm-hmm.
3: because, yeah. you know the miscarriage is its own sadness, but then you see them with Annie and Jack and you realize just like how much they are actually in tune with being
1: parents and sort of how they will be too. I think it adds, to makes that even more. Important. I know we're not supposed to bring up outlander past uh, the first episode, except for when you, that's told not
4: that a we're
0: rule allowed
1: to do whatever the fuck we want. Uh, yeah. Did I lock us in? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, no, but this reminds me a lot of Jamie and Claire and Fergus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, this always oh, reminded yeah. me a lot of Jamie and Claire and Fergus. And I'm now granted, Claire having a miscarriage came after Fergus came along. But just they've been through some turmoil. They're trying to like find their way in their mm-hmm. marriage, and then boom, insert almost insta family. But you're getting to watch them be in parental roles to see like how they'll work with each other to make decisions for the betterment of the child, but also individually parent a child that and, isn't theirs. And one of the themes of
3: Outlammer, Outlammer, Outlander. What
0: <laughs> like, is like in your cup? It's
3: water, <laughs> Or <what> is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I should have been doing Jameson's. Is, uh, well, is about their, the, that the sadness that Jamie and Claire both have with not actually raising a child
1: together. Yeah. Exactly.
3: And so you, it, it adds to that as well. So. Okay. Our list of things.
1: Breast? Yeah. Did I say breast? You Red. did. We'll cut that out. Huh. Will we? <laughs> <laughs> What's in her cup? <laughs> like, sorry. She's still back in her head, being like, "Hey, Drew, want to come check out my heart vein?" <laughs> really? We'll just go downstairs
3: while you guys have that chat, anyway. Marcus and Phoebe meeting each other. Yeah. That's gotta happen. It will. I mean, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a thing.
0: Yeah, but see here's the thing, whenever I think of Phoebe, I think of Phoebe from um Friends. No. Uh, thirty Rock. Oh. With brittle bones. Yeah. I have brittle bones. <laughs> <That's>,
1: <laughs> well now it's gonna replace me thinking of Phoebe from Friends. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> So, you know, I, I, I need to see them meet because I need to see Phoebe so that I can get Great. the thirty rock
1: yeah, visions out of my head. And I just need more Marcus and his floppy hair.
0: Oh God! He's great. Okay, I know we had this moment already, but at the con, he is very naughty. He's very naughty. That's good. And I it, just we like
3: naughty. I love him.
0: <laughs> He's great. So yes, it is it will be good to see him some more.
3: So all the witchy stuff, all the witch meetings, Goody also, cetera, et etc, how they're helping Diana. like I'm really excited to see that. Cora. I'm fascinated. How are they going to do the really thing and not make it weird?
1: Okay, yeah. So, so fascinated is like a real good, that makes me feel better because the word I was going to use is like scared as hell. Like, how do you make that not cheesy? Yes.
3: Yeah, I don't know. But they, they've they so far, like, you know, they did the weaving thing, you know, with the spider. I mean, they've done other things well that we were worried about. I have,
1: Deb has this. What are right. What is hashtag? Yeah, Deb's got, Deb's got this. Right. Oh, I did def- firmly believe Deb's got this. I just hope that like
0: I think they're be to. The they,
4: they're they're, know, there's a you know, there's a fair this. amount
3: of magic in this in this, um or there's a fair amount of magical effects in this book. Like the whole play with Rudolph and um where Diana it plays a goddess and Matthew's oh, you know, yeah. a, a god and he actually does fall asleep. Um, and She rises up and she's the moon moon and she rises up literally and everybody's watching. And then Rudolph, you know, sort of comes to the rescue because he's so infatuated with her, like, oh, excellent effect. You know, she actually was really going up and stars were coming out of her head kind of thing. And yet that sort of whole scene is, I think, you know, I hope is in the show because I think it plays to sort of that whole thing of seeing the book and everybody who comes together at that point. So I sort of feel like that play has to happen. And there's a lot of magic effects there. Yeah. But Cora, um, I mean they have to. They've got to do something. And then, you know, Goody Alsap has a fetch. And um, and then there's the golem, right? Which is the made out of clay from now that isn't around that much.
0: That freaks me out. The little man made of clay that walks around the Jewish quarter. Yeah. No, that no. I don't need to see that.
3: I know. Well, you know, <laughs> my point is they've got, they've got their magic hands, right. you know, full of stuff. No, it's to do well. Yeah. Right. Remember what, well, remember the, the, you know, the rain, the crying, the water. Machine? I know. I There's mean, just something we're... about a
1: fire drake. Like, well, now we're talking about like a creature.
3: I know. Well. Um,
1: okay. Daenerys had her dragons. And they worked. Yeah, I mean that's true. No, I know. See, but this is why I didn't watch Game of Thrones because I was like, okay, I think I could get into it. And then it was like, dragon? Mm, oh, but dragon. they was totally but, and, real. And that's when I, I pieced out of Game too.
0: of Thrones too. I was like, dragon? She's she's the mother of the dragons, and that's a nest of dragon eggs. Uh, I you know I can suspend my mm-hmm. disbelief for a while, but it sort of ends at dragons. Mm-hmm. But I love Cora. I do too. Well, so also,
1: I will tell you, haven't watched Game of Korra. Thrones, I mean it. They it worked. Mm-hmm. It Harry Potter. Harry Potter and dragons, and I, they were I know, the Harry that. And I know Dragon that, Dragon. I'm just saying, and this is no disrespect to anyone at the at Discovery of Witches production crew, but a Harry Potter budget and a Game of Thrones budget are different. That's no, true. true, true. That's All the only thing that makes me nervous. But you got this, hashtag Deb. Well, this. and let's be real, they have to have Cora. Yeah, no, they Cora have, is, yeah. they have to. Cora is indispensable. So
0: yeah, I mean, I can just I can imagine things I, I can imagine ways, because you know, so the spiders, the the weaving of the spiders all over her, that wasn't in the book. No. They did that as a representation of her parents spellbinding her and to make right. us understand that there was some really weird stuff going on right now. So maybe Cora's not actually a dragon. Maybe she's not like a full-fledged dragon. Maybe she's like a shadow or something that we see. I mean, I don't yeah. know. No, I get what you're saying.
2: Or they might have to explain it like you guys had to explain the spider web to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) because I was like, "What's up with the spiders? I don't remember spiders being in the book." And you guys were like, "Yeah,
1: about that." No, but it's only because it took us a while (laughs) talking with each other to figure out like what's
3: what's up with this. Yeah, I think actually Deb weighed in at some point about Mm -hmm. it. So she said, "This is they chose to do this as a way of doing it." I vaguely feel like she said maybe said something like it It wasn't her favorite choice, but she was like, "But I get it." Yeah, you know, just because you know the book is the book, the show is the show. Anyway, so.
1: I think that's a valid point, though, Mm -hmm. Nikki, is that the, how that gets manifested onto, you know, or or translated onto screen could be completely different than the way it is in the book.
2: They could use a projection light. (laughs) Oh, we're still getting one those. A projection light instead oh. of it being a well, Christmas we,
3: scene. Well, like the light in our bedroom, which shows the time on the ceiling when we're going to bed. And what we're like, when we should be like, what is going on with this? That's like right.
1: waterboarding. Why what do is we going need on in to in see there? the light in the ceiling? People right. at home, listen yes. up. Here's the situation. Right. Oh Mickey possesses an alarm clock slash clock that you just kind of lean over and look on the nightstand to figure out what time it is. But then when I went to sleep and I laid my little head back, I looked up and the, the time was being projected onto the ceiling. <laughs> on the ceiling. And we were both like, what? And if you're people who have to take sleep chocolate, like two of us are, you don't need to be reminded of what time it is in the middle of the night when you're not, not sleeping. That you're not sleeping. Right. Oh my God. So we've
3: been hiding it. He, so we've blasted it back towards the well, wall yeah. to shut up.
0: Yeah,
1: that's right. fine.
0: I maybe should have mentioned that. <laughs> Wait,
1: did you hear her yelling the first time? No, oh, it was. It yeah. was a gin rant, and it was awesome. It was a gin rant. <laughs> it was okay. Anyway, continue. Oh my. Okay. Anyway, they couldn't okay,
0: make Cora that way, <laughs> and and we will talk more about this. <laughs> um, yes. Yes, and then there's all the alchemical stuff that they're yes. going to have to do, because I, I think they can't get away without no, they have to. doing that. So, I mean, that's to. that's going to be awesome, too, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I like the challenge of knowing that they have this thing, and they, they think, well, maybe we can't do it exactly like it was in the book, but let's reimagine it. And, yes. and so I, I like the anticipation of, of trying to figure out how are they going to do this, and what will they do that maybe challenges us as book readers, but looks really great on the screen or really drives the point home. So I I really haven't funny.
3: seen who's playing Queen Elizabeth, but I'm hoping Queen Elizabeth will be in the show. I mean, she's in the. Oh books. yeah. I haven't seen any reference to her, but they do get invited to court, and they do have to go. And of course, Matthew is the Queen's spy among his many hats
1: um, that he wears. Yeah. So, I feel like this uh, entire <laughs> podcasting time we've basically done to you what Diana's parents did, where we've just like trapped you. <laughs> from talking about Elizabethan England, do you want us to break those threads free now? Yes. I feel like it's time. Do it, Janet. Me squealing in the beginning, this is you. Just Uh,
3: like, let it out. No, I know. Well, you know, we all have our Elizabethan England drinking game. um, Oh, my God. I'm stone cold drunk after um, this episode. No, I know. So, I hope we see Queen Elizabeth. I hope we get to, therefore, see her court. I'm hoping they can work in a little bit of, you know, the Elizabethan music even though I haven't seen any reference to it in the book. I think that would be nice. It would be very cool.
0: If they don't, maybe we could do a podcast where you play Elizabethan music. Oh, that's cool.
3: Yeah. I could do a whole Viola da Gamba episode. We would have at least two listeners. Anyhow, so, yes. So I'm hoping that we have some, you know, there's room for an Elizabethan feast in this production. If they wanted to do it and it would be awesome. So, yeah, yes. With dancing, music, all the pageantry yes. associated yes. with that, it would be great. I'm hoping it happens, but I vote we'll for see. that. And I know I made a note here about like I wish there was Elizabethan yarn porn, but I don't think, I don't know why I haven't. I actually thought about looking into it because I don't think they wore yarn. Mm-hmm. And so, my mm-hmm. hopes and dreams were having like a whole series of, you know, a discovery of which is yarn porn designs,
0: patterns, it's probably
3: not going to happen.
0: I mean, these are amazing times. You could do your own designs. You're Elizabethan inspired.
1: Yeah. If we're reimagining Cora, perhaps, we can reimagine Elizabethan winter wear. Right.
3: Yes. Anyhow, those are my thoughts on just generally William Shakespeare, Kit Marlowe. I mean, just the (laughs) whole idea of seeing these people, Walter Raleigh, et cetera, et cetera, is just the, the costume, everything that we've seen, the behind the scenes snippets from Deb and um, Bad Wolf TV and everything. And it's every time they show something, my nerdy Elizabethan heart just gets really
0: happy. <laughs> I'm here for the cod pieces. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Janet, can you sew that on a pillow? <laughs> I need to sew that on a pillow.
2: <laughs> oh,
3: Drew! <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Well, that probably seems like a good <laughs> place for us to wind up this
1: episode
3: of Things We're Hoping for Season 2. Let's talk about the giveaway. Though. Yes, right. So Let's we have been doing this collaboration throughout the real-time um, Shadow of Night read-along with the All Souls Discussion Group on Facebook. So if you are not a member of that, we would encourage you to join in. It's a great group. They're like 14,000 people. It's Deb's official page. It's really well monitored. They put up all kinds of information about the show and the books, et cetera, et cetera. And they're doing this real-time read-along. And we are doing giveaways periodically during that read-along. Our giveaways are called Full Moon Magic. So we're doing them around the full moon. Um, at various points during the reading and we had our first one when it kicked off and we're going to do at least two more maybe three at various full moons so if you're on that page or if you for some reason are not following us on Facebook Instagram or Twitter
0: do it now follow
3: us exactly but Nikki will give those final names when she does her outro but anyhow yeah so we're doing that and we're really excited about it we're thrilled we were asked to participate
0: and um, we, we just want to say that we we are so excited to have some really cool swag that we're going to be giving away in these giveaways. Uh, our friend Valerie helped us come up with some cool designs for t-shirts and tote bags and magnets. and Oh, and we have wine glasses as well. Yes. And we have put the wine glasses to the test. We've run them through their paces. They work. They hold wine. You can refill them with wine. It's very awesome. So... Those are the things that we're going to be giving away, and we're excited to share them with you guys.
3: We also are going to be selling them. Yes. Right. So stay tuned for our All Souls Weechy Women swag page on our website, and also just generally we'll be promoting them, but we are doing the giveaways. So get excited. So really the only thing we need at this point is we need a date for when they're going to have the premiere. Yeah. Come on already. Because I think they're, I think they're close to done shooting. I think so. Yeah. Um, I, you know, just based on some, you know, hints on social media, I feel like they're getting near the end of their shooting. So, and I know it takes a long time to, to edit, do all that. About as long stuff, as it right. takes to
0: edit this podcast.
1: Mm. <laughs> well,
0: hopefully,
3: hopefully not. <laughs> not a knock on me. Nope, that's not. <laughs> all right, I think that's it. Nikki, take us out
0: thanks for spending some of your valuable time with us as we discussed all things all souls we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and that if you feel inspired you'll leave a review on apple Podcasts. if you'd like to join in the conversation find us on twitter and instagram at all souls ww, on facebook at all souls witchy women podcast and blog and online at allsoulswitchywomen.com see you soon